welcome to our vibe discussion. I know it sounds kind of boring, but I really have not come up for a name for it. And if you want to like drop a comment and tell me a name for our dance discussions, just let me know. But this is our third episode, second as a podcast. And I am so excited for this one because I have my queen next to me. <laughs> but our first episode was about pivoting, pivoting through COVID-19. The second episode was about pursuing what you love. And today is about the art of performance, the art of performance. And today we have with us, drum Aisha Kamishan! Aisha, what's up, girl? We, you good? I'm good. How was your trip here today? It was long, it was hot, and there's just way too much traffic on the road for the country as small as Barbados. It's so true. Outside is so hot, but you know, you're blessed. You're blessed. It's Always. true. So, today, um, first of all, uh, the conversations that I've had so far, we had at least one Rhythm Tried member. We had Shay, Janae, Megan for the first one, and then we had Jalisa for the second one. And I was like, where is I, Aisha? I actually saw, and I didn't follow my fashion with them. So I was like, everybody showed up in their shirts, and yes. they were wrapping out. So you know what, let me, let me dig out one. And you're aphrodisiac necklace. Once you know culture by Janae times yes. aphrodisiac. Yes, yes, yes. So I was like, well, where is Aisha? We need to hear from the tribe queen. Aisha Komishong, and I think that she is a performance queen. So that's why I said the art of performance is probably the best thing to talk about today. So Aisha, tell me about yourself. I already know know that um, you are a fellow January-born, Arizonian, extra.com. So just give us a background about you. and you could even release it to, again, the art of performance and how your journey in performing has grown or changed or evolved from then to now. Um, okay. Well, my name is Aisha, as Megan stated. Um, I'm a dancer, choreographer. What was your stage name? Was my stage Everybody name? Everybody got a stage name. Aisha Dale, something like uh, that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I should have. That's, so, that's so normal. Um, man, everybody calls me mom, and I feel like oh my god, I feel so like even I feel like, like I know, but I feel like you know, like how the god the auntie, everybody talking about the auntie yeah. that's come and show up and yeah. show out. Yeah, I feel like that has now become my role. So I'm the mom who so has good knees every now and then, <laughs> and who shows up and turns it out. Okay. That's how I feel. That's fine. I'm just going to throw it out there. I right, never thought about it. I <laughs> never thought about it. But anyway, cool. um, right. Dancer, choreographer, um, teacher, and I would like to think, you know, a creative director, somebody who comes up with concepts and executes, um, that kind of stuff I particularly enjoy doing. Um, for as long as I knew myself and I knew dance, I knew that dance was what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. Um, it's always been something I've been really passionate about. And by passionate, I mean in so much that I identify with dance as and I don't see myself without dance. And if you have to take dance away from me, I feel like I would be extremely lost. And I had that moment when I had my knee injury and mm. it was, I had almost like a little identity crisis because yeah. 
It's like, who who am I without dance? Mm-hmm. And I can't really pinpoint that at that time. But I've grown a lot since then. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though for your injury as well, you can even put that in with performance. That's where you, like, go all out. And probably you went all, 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 and that performance, it was like something on concrete or something. Girl, it was a rehearsal. It was the simple, it was a little, <laughs> vi- it was Rhythm Tribe's first shoot. video okay. shoot <laughs> and photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And it was the simplest move you could possibly imagine. And I just heard my knee go pop, pop, and oh I was on the God. ground. And I'd never had a knee injury before, so it was the... It was the strangest sensation. Anybody who was close to me actually heard it, mm-hmm. and it was... I actually have it on video, and I look back at it every now and then. But it's not—it's not a memory I like to relive. But okay. it's just a reminder of how far I've come since then. Because mm-hmm. I remember trying to stand up and falling back down because I couldn't put any weight on my oh knee, my and God. the rest had to carry me to the car. And I was convinced this was gonna be a, a little hump yeah. in the road, and it turned out to be a lot greater than that. Mm-hmm. But I'm here. I'm still dancing, still working, still working hard. But finding different ways to engage myself with the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I always saw myself as being a performer. I think choreography is something that I kind of got pushed into and landed and kind of landed on my feet, if that's a weird thing to say. I never saw myself as a choreographer, though I always saw myself as a leader. Mm-hmm. And being a leader, naturally, I will take charge. I know y'all call me Dance Bully from, from yes. time to time back Dance in the day. <laughs> for the time she got out her Jamaica pants getting pelt at you, uh, books getting thrown at you, but it's fine. We like that tough love sometimes. Exactly. You guys, you guys really <laughs> turned up, showed up, and showed up. And I think the respect you guys have for me and vice versa, you, mm. you guys never wanted to disappoint, and it showed in how you performed. And I think it was well worth it. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say. For me, um, again, the reason why I asked you to speak about the art of performance is because uh, being a member of Dance in Africa before, we had uh, several choreographies from you, and they all told stories. They all um, advocated for, you know, black supremacy, um, black culture, um, and in the toughness of that, the toughness of going through that process, Performance was always like ahead, like the peak of it. Even if you are a primary cast member, seen a, a secondary, a tertiary, even or if you're being, I'm so sick of <laughs> even y'all. if you're like standing up throughout the entire performance, you had to perform. And I feel as though that would have singled you out from several different performances during the NIFCA period because you paid so much attention to performance and theater right well i think i always say that i find i have developed this little niche in choreography where i i exist and that is i like to tell stories i would i guess i would call myself a narration a narrator choreographer narrative i like to tell narratives i like to tell stories but not just fantasy stories you know i like real life stories you know as between Nina, Simona, Alvin, Ailey, they both said as an artist, you know, your duty is to kind of put a mirror up to society and show people who they are and what's going on. And that really resonated with me as a person, my background growing up, my father being a Pan-Africanist, my mother being an African. And I found that the way to deal with those topics that we kind of like to tiptoe around um, and that we're afraid to deal with face on is to deal with it through the arts because I find people can can take the arts 
Um, and they, I find that it will touch you in ways that sometimes words can't. And so therefore, performing, when I'm working with dancers and I worked with you guys and working now, it, as much as technique is important, the story almost supersedes that. Because so guys, it's, I just want to give y'all a background of oh how intense her choreographies are. Not outside of um, Red and Tribe. I know you guys would see Red and Tribe performing often and the vibes and the energy. But Aisha always, also has a plethora of um, content that tells stories about black life. And to be a dancer and be in the process of, you know, going through the choreography is a lot of crying, a lot of screaming, a lot of running. Like, it's like full-on athlete shit. Sorry for cursing. But <laughs> <laughs> it's athlete things. And even her dad would come to the to the rehearsals and have full-on conversations, um, leave books for us to read. And it came, it was beyond just going to rehearsal and dance. And, and it really showed you the detail in how you can tap into performance by speaking about it, by understanding where the origin of these things come from, and so on. So let's just go into detail. I want to, like, reel it back a little bit. Okay. So for the past two episodes, we had a few things to, like, shake you up. The first one is a quote poem. So I have your quote right in front of you. I don't know if you saw it there. It's just me <laughs> and you today. So normally the guys would just pull the quote out of the bag and we would talk about it. So your quote is there. You can read it out. And then after that, you can tell me how it makes you feel. It doesn't have to be about performance, but it could be about anything. Okay. Dancing with your feet is one thing. Dancing with the heart is another. Want to go again? Dancing with your feet is one thing. Mm -hmm. Dancing with the heart is another. Mm -hmm. How does this make me feel? Yeah. Um. For me, this is a reminder that no matter what, and I can't say what me. I I it actually makes me feel a little tear and emotional. Why? Because like it makes me think back to my injury. Mm -hmm. My injury makes me think. I, I, I'm reminded of myself before I was injured and how much I was able to do, but I'm also reminded after that it's not just about what I could do then, but it's also about what I can offer now. Mm -hmm. And I, have, I still have so much to give. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, even if it's not always on my feet, I can always place my heart in the dance and, and showcase it through others. Okay, awesome. All right, next segment. This is kind of like switching through the segments because it's just me and you, so we can do it really quickly. So this one is called This or That. Okay. So you would just choose, like, what you prefer. All right. So jumps or turns? Jumps. Again? With caution. <laughs> with caution now, but jumps. But then the injury jumps. Okay. <laughs> performance or rehearsals? Uh, performance, for sure. Live to be on stage. Same thing Janice said. <laughs> Same thing Jaleesa said. I can't compete without feeling man. Okay. Jazz shoes or jazz sneakers? Jazz sneakers. Jazz sneakers. Why? Because jazz sneakers, first of all, I ain't not doing no point flex dancing, no jazz sneakers. <laughs> but I know when I pull my jazz sneakers, we both get into some hip hop commercial something. So dance for all. that reason, <laughs> even that, I don't know, dance all is a little iffy in them jazz sneakers. I put them aside. Okay, cool. Leotards are like um, a, a t shirt. T shirt. Really? Definitely. Oversized t-shirt and short shorts. Okay, Megan. fine. It's that, true. So that not. is, you, you could get any groove in that, man. Okay. Um, Warm up or cool down? This is in a class. 
Warm up. Warm up. Warm up. Okay. Warm up. I think everybody chose the cool down. What? Yeah, because they like to just like feel. Um, this is a big one. Bar work or going to local locomotive movements across the floor across the floor <laughs> who wants to be at the bar you know oh. lana said uh she loves bar work ah, lana no. seriously said she loves to be on the bar she loves to work on her technique lana we gotta talk about this <laughs> lana loves the bar work um dancing in front of mirror or without a mirror dancing with a mirror with a mirror with like Kako has a mirror? We don't, but let me tell you, <laughs> they have a very they have a very slim mirror that's placed in the center of And you're uh, standing in front of it. Myself <laughs> and Orain, we position ourselves, we just show we split, we like you can see, I can see who <laughs> we watch ourselves in the mirror. We're the only two people I used oh to do that. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> All right, next one. Um a performance where you have a solo duet or a group. Why you prefer solo, duet, or group? Hmm. I prefer group pieces. No, as a performer, not me as a right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer to. I prefer okay. to dance with a group mm-hmm. now, but probably before I would have loved to take that solo duet moment. But now I love to feel the energy of everybody around me. If I can remember the answers, I believe Shay said uh, he loves duets as a dancer. But as a choreographer, he loves groups. And because, you know, he likes to see the process of beginning to end. He mm-hmm. likes to see how the group has changed and stuff like that. So, Well, I mean, I think with group work, there are a lot more intricate and interesting details and dynamics you could plug into. Mm-hmm. But honestly, some of us, and you know, you like to show up and show up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And therefore, having that space in a solo or duet work, I could see why some people would lean towards that. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, ballet or dance hall? <laughs> <laughs> why is this even a question? <laughs> you dance hall. Ask this question off the dance whole thing because I'm sure everybody, dance hall, dance hall, yeah, dance yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. Um, what's your favorite dance move? What is my favorite dance I can tell move? you. She does do this thing where it is like... Um, a helicopter you know, and split. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That used to be my go-to. You do that everywhere. Oh my gosh. Or or you know what? I like to do a pitch too. A pitch. I like to do pitch. But no, well. no. I can tell you what it is. Is the Listen. is the headstand into uh-huh. like the jumping into the headstand thing. She got. She got <laughs> I know. I gotta use my knees for that. <laughs> I on my head. I do not have to use my knees for that. I know. I know. Cool. 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 All right. The last segment. All right. Mm, so it's slipping a little segment. So we can ask, what's in your dance bag? Um, what's the basic things in your dance bag? What do you need in your dance bag? In my dance bag? Well, for one, you have to know that I have a knee brace. <laughs> Actually, I have several. So I was about to say, I have, I have a collection. I had my knee injury. You was like, Megan, I got so much knee, knee braces. Was that I a have a collection of knee braces and a knee pad. You should also, just come out a whole lane. <laughs> a future, future, uh, brown too, because yes. then I could wear it on stage, right? Yeah, makes sense. Um, I always have a tennis ball because mm-hmm. I find it helps with warming my muscles up 
quickly mm-hmm. versus um, if I had a long time I could take my time. I'm not, and I have a foam roller, but I would always lean towards the tennis ball because I find a tennis ball could get into the muscles mm-hmm. a lot deeper because of the size. Mm-hmm. I always have a heat rub, hot, 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 because I find a lot of times we have to warm up quickly, mm-hmm. especially backstage at um, you know soca shows yeah. and that kind of stuff where we don't have the space or the time to get ready. The heat rub will help accelerate that process. Mm-hmm. Um, water. Um, I always have a pair of extra tights and an mm-hmm. extra t-shirt because you just never know. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Like guilty, guilty pleasure in your bike? Because Shay got Shafat. We know that. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure in your dance bike? That you probably sneak out the dance studio and use and sneak back in because you want nobody to see you guys right now currently it's the m&m's rice krispie treats whoa m&m's and rice krispie together right. they're so good and i do not <laughs> mean the small one i'm gonna buy the extra long one and wow. i'm having it all to myself i get you girl <laughs> i don't get you because i've never had that before but i feel you we need to sort that out what's your must-have in your dance bag like a must 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 have any like if you switch dance bags you have to like switch it and put it into the next bag like what's your must have in your bike mm, at this point currently more than lady my knee braces oh your knee braces okay braces. those are my dance bags my gym bag everywhere my car, i have one in the car that just stays in the car okay i just never know wow 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 okay so um in Barbados, we're, we don't have the access to dance materials as we should, uh, whether it be we have to go online <coughs> on Discount Dance and order of late tarts, or if it's the case where we wanted to build a dance studio, we have to look overseas to look for good flooring, or, um, you know, just like basic dance stuff. What is that one thing that if we had access to or if we could afford it, because it's trillions of dollars, not trillions, but a lot of money. What would it be? What would it be? What would I like it to be? Yeah. Um, I would honestly like affordable dancewear. Affordable and accessible. A variety of options of dancewear. And that's from that's attire like to shoes to costuming. Mm. Um, so that True. it is it's easy. Because I've had to buy several costumes off of not discount dance, but... Think dancewear.com and they were ridiculously cheap. We've had them for three years now and they're still in fantastic condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were able to do that, we'd be able to switch up our costuming a lot oh, more for yeah. performances instead of having to recycle all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the given would love a floor, mm-hmm. mirror, all those things, but the accessible dancewear, costuming shoes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Love that. Okay, so before we get into like the meat of the thing, the meat of the matter right now. Um, I want to talk about COVID a little bit. I want to talk about how you pivoted because you, you weren't there for that series. But that was we had so much content. Like, we could have just talked for, like, two hours. But I wanted to hear from you. Um, I know it's a lot of ups and downs during that time. Brennan Trey would have had um, the Instagram lives. Uh, you probably did private classes. Um, how did it affect you personally, mentally, and then the group, and then you as a dancer? And how has it opened up your mind to dance internationally? Because at that point, we literally could have watched Paris Global Paris um, Global's dance class like in the comfort of our home. Mm-hmm. That's something that you would have to travel like miles to see. 
So how has COVID treated you during that time? Um, I found COVID, the lockdown, everything. I everything slowed down, and I also slowed down with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at a point in my life where I was about to try and pick up everything and get going. So it really hit me hard because being somebody who is always active, being stuck at home, and I'm active on the road, being stuck at home, I didn't really have much motivation, honestly, to get moving, to do anything. Yeah, it was great to have all those classes, but I spent most of the time watching them. Mm. And not necessarily <laughs> like, engaging. And, and exactly, I, was, I spent a lot of time watching them. And though it was exciting to have the time to do, you know, the small TikTok videos mm-hmm. and and um, the low classes and so on, I don't think anything honestly can compare to a live experience. Mm-hmm. And so I tried Paris's class. I did it on YouTube and whatever. But I'm outside on my balcony. Mm-hmm. My shoes are slipping a bit. Um, I don't have enough space. Mm-hmm. I don't have a mirror. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not particularly enjoy. And as soon as we got the opportunity to open back up, I enjoyed engaging with everybody again face to face in in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, for the group, the IG live classes were well received, mm-hmm. and I liked that. Um, it certainly did give us a lot more exposure now that everybody had stopped mm-hmm. doing everything else that they were doing, and they had the time to engage with us. Um, but I do look forward to going back to live classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. cool. Um, okay. I was just thinking of anything else I wanted to ask pre-post-COVID. Oh, yes. The question, the last question of those questions was, were, um, was uh, do you see the online platform as something that you would, you know, go forward to or just go back to what you used to do before or make it more digital like what do you think i definitely think it has its advantages like you said you we were able to access dancers and performances that we probably never thought we would be able to see live in our lifetime Mm -hmm. so i i definitely think there's an advantage to doing a hybrid Mm. um i do think we may lose out on some travel opportunities and by we i mean dancers Mm -hmm. generally and artists generally because now people have found very creative ways to use yeah. the online platform to, yeah. you know, have their classes and performances. And therefore, a big part of being a performing artist is using your talent to explore the world. I feel as a true performer or a, a true choreographer or teacher, they're not going to go online. They're going to put out, if they had the opportunity to go back to normal, they would do it. Yeah, I, but I do think people will... I do see people currently engaging in that hybrid um, where they do have online, but you can come into studio. How long will it last? I don't know, but reality is we're really seeing that we're going to be living with this thing for a while. And I think yeah. once it really becomes a new normal, we're probably just going to embrace it mm-hmm. and things will go back to how it was, how they were with the COVID precautions. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, um, so let's take a break. We could just sip some water, come back to you, and then we'll get back to, you know, what we're here to talk about, which is the art of performance. Okay, guys, so we're back. Uh, we just had a little water. She was asking me if this is alcohol. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's after midday. We can partake. <laughs> it's water for the time I'm walking here. Just like, so we drinking 
drinking alcohol today. I'm ah, like, no, it's I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the art of performance. No, um, in Barbados, well, in the Caribbean, I feel as though we are natural performers. Our, the way how we speak, the way how we express ourselves, um, the, the black diaspora, everybody's just like very like, uh, Showing you, even it's a, a movement that like you move when you talk, it's just part of who we are as a people. And um, I think it comes across like your point only comes across when you perform. You, know, you get what you're saying? So I could say, like, uh, somebody asked me, How am I? I can like, I'm fine. But then if I say, I'm performing since I have to be like overdue, but if I say, Oh, I just had, a, and then they add movement to it, right? Then you like, All right, girl, I get you. Right? So you got the point. So um, performance. First of all, tell me what, can you define performance to me, for t- to me, for you, like what you think performance is? Um, performance, re- dancing or just performance? Dancing, dancing for sure. Um, I think performance is embodying a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's stepping outside of yourself. Um, becoming who who you need to be to step onto onto the stage. I I feel like rarely ever do we take ourselves onto the stage. So you're you're acting. You're putting on a face, um, tapping into a new persona, mm-hmm. and the goal of that persona is to get whatever message the choreographer has asked for, of you mm-hmm. across to the audience. Do you think you perform outside of the stage, like both um, code switching and <clears throat> anything like that, like? In terms of you coming in here, this is very new space to you. Um, you might feel a lot uncomfortable or scared or actually, no, you're fine. Do you think you had to put on like um, an unconscious mask on to come into the space? No, but you mentioned code switching. And I mean, if we were going to be real and, you know, we talk about Barbados, I would find in certain spaces in Barbados, there is a more conscious effort to present yourself in. And it could be, it could still be a part of yourself, but it's a part of yourself that operates within certain spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, cool. So, um, tips and tricks in performance. So, we love to see Renan Tribe on stage. Can you tell us your tips and tricks? To get him that energy. We realize you guys are like the party starters. Um, what's the tips and tricks? The makeup tricks? The, the ah. everything tricks? What do you do to like just have that energy on stage? Man, I think we're fortunate to have started out as a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Really and truly. And there there have been people who have been in and there are people who have been out. But at the core of it, we have a group of friends who party together outside of work. Mm-hmm vibe together, chill together. So when we go on stage, we naturally have that together energy, that togetherness. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I find is that based on the way I choreograph, and a lot of them have been seasoned the way I choreograph, there's also an aesthetic that they all have, Mm -hmm. which makes it easier as well to give off this illusion of being super together and sharp and, and energy. But... I think for us, because we also love to live, eat, sleep, breathe performing, because mm-hmm. sometimes they're rehearsal, they don't give a hundred, you know, but when you come on stage, it's like, 
why did I not get that one? I didn't know this was going to come at me, but okay, yes, go live your best life on mm-hmm. stage. I feel <laughs> for, for me as a dancer and dancing with Vernon HIV guys and stuff like that, other people, um, is this thing where we always have a choreography, at least a 32 count, and we could put it to any song. So is, is that's a trick. I think that's a tip on a trick. So these oh. people might think... Um, you holding your audience like holding just got all things together. Psycho boss. <laughs> I don't think anybody can touch me. I don't even I've given myself the hat, the jacket, and the pack. Recycle boss. And I have been told that from numerous circles because I can always find a way to repurpose and upcycle and recycle something that I did three years ago to something today and match it perfectly. It's it just happens and I'm I'm glad. I'm able to do that because I don't think people understand how much it takes to just even come up with a 10 choreo. seconds of choreography that That's could happen true. about 32 movements. Yes. Right? And then your dancers will have to remember that new that string of movements or that new sequence for a performance in like two days. It's not, it's not really fair. Practical. So, you know, I'm practical. You're right. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps to be able to pull from the reservoirs of choreography. And your muscle we memory as well. So you could just say... Do th- do something from Sugar Rush, like do that. It can't be taught from Sugar Rush, and Correct. and put it into. That's how we live my life with my key, and and it is the same rhythm, same BPM. So you could just put it in. And Actually, it in. we even have this saying that there there's some staunch signature choreographies that we have that we're like, if you don't know those, are you really going to try it? Because you probably really aren't if you haven't done these at least five different songs. Right, I get you. I can feel that. I have that experience before. Okay, so as we were talking about COVID before, uh, I'm realizing that a lot of choreographers internationally have been going into video directing. And that's another level of performance that um, is a whole different technique. So in terms of understanding your camera angles, dancing for the camera, um, being able to show the perspective on a personal level, is very different. Um, and I'm realizing that we're seeing it all around the world and dance is really being appreciated in that way. Um, do you prefer video over in-person performance? Um, definitely. And, video? I, I, and I was like, yeah, definitely I prefer video to in-person. In Although they both, have, they both have their pros and cons because there's nothing like feeling a performance live right there and for that reason too i prefer smaller more intimate spaces depending Mm -hmm. on the the work that's being done because you could really engage and feel the energy of the dancers but the thing about video is the perfectionist in me and and i'm not really a perfectionist but i do like to get things as best as i can i'm able to manipulate and edit and get exactly what i want um, I can also get the emotions that I want just by changing a camera angle, the vibe that I want, the feeling that I want, um, telling the exact story that I want, and I can edit that mm-hmm. versus a performance when it happens, whatever happens is what happens, and that's exactly what you get. Mm-hmm. So I like having that kind of control. Can we, can we segue a little bit into mm-hmm. your last work um, mm-hmm. with the documentary on Black Lives Matter? And just give mm-hmm. us a little, like... Review, outview, in view, um, detail is at least 45 minutes of work, which is very, very hard to produce. Um, probably like months of preparing and creating. So, can you give our audience um, background of what it is? Um, 
using dance and interviews and everything all together to make a body of work and what inspired you to do it as well uh the i can't breathe dance film that's what i was calling it from the beginning is mm -hmm. kind of a follow-on to a piece i did entitled black lives matter back in 2015 um why did we do it i felt like it was important to add our voice to the conversation that was happening in Barbados about why the Black Lives Matter movement was relevant. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest part about it. But for me, it started out as something relatively small. I, I just told the dancers, I want to do something with stark imagery that would touch people, reach home, really get people this thinking. This is after Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah, this year. This is for I Can't Breathe. Mm -hmm. Um... So it started out, you know, with a one rehearsal. We might only need one shoot day. And I'm like, all right, guys, we got to come back again. I got another idea. All right, guys, we need a third. And it kept snowballing like that. And to be quite honest with you, I wasn't 100% sure the direction in which it was going at first until we were finished with all the parts. And I said, okay, now I can see what I was probably thinking. Now I have everything together. How do I piece the puzzle together? Um the interviews that were only supposed to be, you know, one-minute commentary to promote the video. When we got to speak to persons such as Gabby, our cultural ambassador, uh, my father, David Kamashong, Pan-Africanist social activist, Eddie Grant, international artist, um, and I could go on, Bobby Clark, social activist. When they dropped those gems on us... And they were that's so passionate <laughs> about it as well. And, and they, they dropped gems on us in a Barbadian context. That is important because mm -hmm. we, we are hearing about the American context. We're seeing the American context. We go to school. We learn in, about it in a sort of Caribbean context, but not even so much. We deal mm -hmm. a lot more with world history. So to hear about it live and direct in a Barbadian context where you have real-life examples. Trevor Marshall, how could, have, how could I forget? Our historian. <laughs> One of Mar the best Mar on Earth. Marshallian theory is what you call it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, it, it was so important to get those messages out there that by the time we looked around, it was like, okay, this is a full production. And we owe it to ourselves and to the persons that we interviewed to do it in that manner, to honor them in that manner. And even hearing what, how the dancers spoke and how they felt about it afterwards, it was also important to hear their voices and how they felt. And even, you know, for some of them that they feel like they're have, they haven't done enough research. There's so much more that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And this is the swinging of the engine for them to get going. Mm -hmm. um, can, I, can I ask another question? Um, what, I know your father is a huge inspiration um, by the body of work that you create, but why do you choose to always send a message of um, black excellence uh, with your choreographies? Why why is it important to send a message of black excellence? Because I think and is it also a different perspective too? Oh. Um, is from the outlook of this is how we are treated and this is how we should be treated. You understand? Yeah, what I mean, I mean for, for far too long. I mean, it still happens today. The notion keeps being perpetuated that we're not enough. And I feel like we constantly strive to be somebody else when there's so much worth within who we are and the contributions that we have made as a race. Mm -hmm. And it's important, I think, especially in Barbados, to get that message across because... 
I feel like we have examples and role models, but I feel like the way our society functions and and the fibers that have been ingrained in our society that kind of make us think, well, that is too black. Let me not go that direction. I think all right, maybe a, a way um a subject that is not cool, that is what cool enough, but because we I use dance as a form of education. If it's cool enough or if it's that it's taboo. Yeah. It it makes people uncomfortable. Yes, yes. And we have to get comfortable with where we came from in order to go forward. Mm-hmm. And where we came from didn't just start from slavery. So it's important to know that black excellence was before slavery. Black excellence was also coming out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Black excellence was fighting for freedom. Black excellence was understanding that we are humans and we deserve equal human rights, that kind of stuff. And it's important that we we understand that and value value the our heritage and who we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to, to hide. I, I Beryl McBurney, dance pioneer in Trinidad, said, what basic, to paraphrase it, because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but, you know, we should be proud of the cotton that we came from. Just, mm. because, it, just because it isn't gold and silver doesn't mean we shouldn't be proud of it. Sure. There's value in where we're coming from. Yeah. And that yeah. really hit home. We as a people need to be proud of mm-hmm. everywhere we came from. And how do you think um, the content that you've produced has been received from persons who are not in the culture industry because I find that you have used um, social media like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube to pr- produce um, content that you probably would see um, on the uh, NIFCA stage and you wouldn't see like our Generation X or Y or Z seeing this content. How do you think they've received or consumed that? I think that we're in a fortunate place right now where our generation, uh, Adam and I just said, there seems to be a time period where people seem to have been asleep. And I find our generation is kind of picking back up the mantle of those maybe two generations before. And I think no couldn't have been a more perfect time to engage in the kind of art that I do because people are really receiving it with open arms. Mm-hmm. And they're appreciating the stories and lessons and the knowledge that we're trying to impart in what I term dance dance entertainment, other people might call it that, but I don't know. <laughs> but dance entertainment is, is particularly what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I think because we now have a generation who is yearning and keen on, you know, exploring and, and you know, putting forward who we are, they're more open and willing to receive the message. That, so they're no longer hiding, and they're open to receive the messages that we're trying to put out there. Perfect. Okay, so let's get a little deeper into performance. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are extremely naturally talented, and there are others that have worked on their technique and um, have like, you know, trained for hours and days, but they just don't have that thing called a performer. Um, what, what makes a performer? What do you think makes a performer? Because sometimes there's somebody that their leg might just, but you feel it, you know what I mean? I agree. And then there are other people that kick the leg all up there. There are people who would dance for years, and they won't necessarily touch somebody in the way that someone else who may have danced for a shorter period of time, may not even be as technically capable, Mm -hmm. can do. I think being a performer has to do with being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. has to do with being vulnerable and being open 
to letting other people in. All right, I don't. Ooh, <laughs> being a performer means you're vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you have to be prepared to bear your soul on stage. I know everybody's willing to do that because it calls for a lot. I mean, I, for one, can tell you I've cried on stage before. Of course. Because I had to get in, to tap into that part to really feel as if I was giving what I was supposed to give. And I feel like if you're not willing to go that far to give the audience a story, to give the choreo- to tell the choreographer's story, but to do justice to yourself and your role, then I, I don't want to say I wouldn't call you a performer, but you're kind of stopping short mm-hmm. of what a performer really is. Uh, what types of um, feelings or things that go on your head mentally for um, a dramatic Black Lives Matter piece be, or, um, versus um, um, a written trade, like, ha, 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 boxy kind of thing? Um, I, what mindset do you put yourself in? in those usually for, I want it, I can either tap into the history of what I'm doing, but otherwise... For an emotional piece, sometimes I find it easier to tap into my personal experiences mm-hmm. where the emotions might mimic the same thing that I need to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I would might think about the loss of my grandfather or a heartbreak that really mashed me up. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, I think, on a commercial stage... I think for me personally, performing on a commercial stage, I don't think I can necessarily have to tap into anything. You, It just comes out. You just enjoy that so much. Mm-hmm. that, And I think for you, between yourself and myself, naturally on a, on, on a, on a regular day, mm-hmm. we perform mm-hmm. when we talk, when yeah. we're dealing with people, when yeah. we, you know, so it's all you just being yourself on stage. And that's what people, people love. People sometimes don't even necessarily mm-hmm. see the moves. They would just yeah. come and say... I enjoyed watching you because yes. you were having Such the time, time of your life. Mm-hmm. And that would stop them from watching somebody else who might be hitting, might be hitting it a little sharper, again, their legs a little higher because you are just living literally your best experience. life on stage. Yeah. And dance is a visceral experience. Some of you can't get back. You're living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep. What is your favorite performance of all time? I could tell you my well, well, let's hear yours. What Mine is, your is actually before? your choreography, um, Mirror Image. Well, lost. Yes, and and it's because uh, it was different things going on. You had just come back from Jamaica, and you was going through this thing, I don't know, and you went through the thing, and we went through it with you. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and um, I think that that performance, well, that the, the, the meaning of the dance really... Um, it was about, you know, looking at your mirror image and loving yourself. And at that time, it was probably, like, only 16 or 17, 17, 18. And your experience as a young lady probably would be different than mine. But it was uh, it was something that was shared. And you we, we got the chance to express it in a different way. And that time, I could personally say that I was going through a real hard time in my life. And that dance got me through it. But for you, I guess yours was a different experience for why it got you through it. But first, it was like my first experience, the Aisha experience, you know, going through choreography, learning, mirroring the choreography, because I think you did it for your um, a dance and, comp exam, yeah. Right, uh, exam, and we, we used 
that content from there and then you add on some stuff and Jessica help and stuff like that. So it, it was definitely one of like my most memorable performances. Um and I love African piece, so anything I got little drums. I can't remember what was my best African performance. So anything that got drums was my best. <laughs> uh so yeah, anything that I could definitely pour my soul out to even the Black Lives Matter performance. Anything that, that was top tier. Yeah, that we was all really and sometimes I find again like what you were saying, um spaces that are more intimate are better because every time you perform in front Kama Hall is I feel Kamamir for me, Kamamir is a little better. So better? it's better to me. No, I prefer Frank Kama Hall. Or even okay, why I would choose Frank Kama Hall. It's because I could stare somebody dead in their eyes and they That's have true. To feel what I'm feeling. Or I should you say, can't break that fourth wall in Frank Holmes Hall, then you're nothing. not doing anything. Or I should say, gala stage is not a Frank Holmes Hall stage. As in, you don't connect with anybody on a gala stage. So when you say the best of uh, Nifka, you really don't get to see the actual best because it's so disconnected. But when you could look somebody in the eye and tell that story without speaking, which dancers incredibly do through movement, um, I feel as though that is always good. You know what I mean? So what's your best performance? Um, I don't know about my best, but my favorite performance in Barbados, I would say, would be Keisha Darge's Reconnections. Keisha Darge from Dance Africa. Oh, Reconnections! Um, yeah, Reconnections. I particularly enjoyed Love that performing it emotionally. Physically, oh my god! Well, I wasn't in the the same section as you were, but executing it, it it has you see those feel good moments in the dance. Got time to breathe. You could feel your. I'm not even talking about breathing, because the last time I performed it was at Frank Holmes Hall last year, December, and I did not have any breathe moments. Mm -hmm. I had to play, I think, two roles, and I therefore came off stage for maybe all of sixteen. Don't say so much, but. In Frank Kama Hall, which yeah, is exactly. freezing. But I thoroughly enjoy performing yeah, I love that dance because the mix between the Caribbean and the modern and, and the African, yeah. it just sits so right in our Caribbean dancing, black dancing body mm-hmm. that you can't help but enjoy it even though you're dying. You're dying. And you're telling a story at the same time too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Jamaica, my favorite piece, everybody knows it, it's called Chat About Them. It's a black power piece by Dr. Lantonette Steins from Lakadico, artistic director of Lakadico. And because it preaches black power and it is more, it's a bit of a theatrical slash dance piece, but I just be feeling myself in that and I'm like, y'all hear all the things black people have done. Y'all, y'all put some respect on our race. That's how I feel about it. Awesome. And I will do that dance any single and it's just in your muscle remember too oh, you mean it. Oh, you, mean you haven't been to jamaica but if you go by you would definitely remember it hello <laughs> and she needs to put me back in my exact role <laughs> <laughs> okay so cool um i think this is the end i think this is good this is this is a good chat you know um anything you want to ask me as a performer 
Hmm. Anything you want to dissect? What goes through Meghan Michael's head when she's performing? Honestly, nothing. Is like somebody hit me in my head and I wake up and like, why does this Because I know sometimes I just do bear. <laughs> the solo queen. The solo queen within a group. Meghan will make everybody look like they're doing the wrong thing. But <laughs> she the is the only person doing the wrong thing, thing and they are right. It's true. That is Megan. It's true. It's true. It's true, but you know, life. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the end of of this discussion. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're really good. We we love discussing about um, the art performance. What do you think we should talk about next? Dance related. Everything is dance related. Every single thing we talk about is dance related. Yes. We spoken about men and dance in Barbados. Ooh, actually, we have that next that week. taboo topic. Wait, yeah. look, look, look. <laughs> I, I feel like we have that next now. Week. Watch me. <laughs> see into the future. So look up for that. Men, there are a few guys coming next week. See. Yeah, all guys coming next week. So looking up for that. Yay. Yay. So thank you guys. See you next week. Look up for guys and dance, everything. Men, um, we don't really get to see men dancing or men expressing themselves physically. So we pivoted. We talk about what we're pursuing, what we love, and then today we're talking about the art performance. And next episode is about men in dance. See you guys. <laughs> Bye.